Before we start this episode, I'd like to take a moment to give you a quick content warning. This week, we will be discussing movies that deal with themes of sexual assault and suicide. We will also be discussing The Jazz Singer, a movie that prominently features blackface as a core part of its plot. We obviously do not condone the use of blackface or any other outings of racism and or discrimination, but we feel that this movie cannot be adequately discussed without mentioning this fact, and that this movie is too important to the history of cinema to leave it out of the discussion altogether. It is important to remember, as we go on this journey, that art will always be a product of its time, and though these are views that were wrong then and are wrong today, we feel that pretending like these movies did not reflect those views would be the same as claiming these views never existed. So please be patient with us as we try to be patient with history. Thank you, and enjoy this week's episode. Uh, All right. Um, I, I think... Okay. I, I already lost our what, what we wanna... lost our schedule already. <laughs> or it's like, okay. Or... It's okay. We'll just roll the new intro music, and it'll all be fine. Okay. Welcome to the second, or should I say first, episode of I'd Like to Thank My Wife. Um, hello, hello. Hello. I am Tijo, E's co-host. I am E, Tijo's co-host. Cool. Um, and we're going to go through every single Academy Award for Best Picture nominee, starting all the way back in 1929 with the first Academy Awards, all the way up until now. And, and we're starting yeah. We're starting today. I mean, we started, we're starting. We started last time, but we're starting now, you know? Yeah, exactly. This time we're starting with the first Academy Awards because last time we did the 2023 Awards because they had just happened and we already knew all of the movies. But this time we actually we we went into it. We watched all of these 1927-28 movies and now we are ready to talk about it because I've not actually talked to you about no. them. So I have no idea what your thoughts are. We've had a very, very quick conversation on Wings yeah fair well it was like it was good <laughs> it was, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to this yes um so shall i shall i take you to the to the first academy awards please do well um they were hosted on may 16th 1929 at a private dinner uh, held at the hollywood roosevelt hotel in los angeles Tickets cost $5, which uh, translates to about $80 in 2021 money. Hmm. Um, about 270 people attended, and it only lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 15? 15. 15 minutes. Oh, yes. I see. Huh. Um, okay, okay. You know that beautiful little thing, the uh, uh, welcome to the 94th Academy Awards thing that we did, or 95th that we did in our, our last episode? Mm-hmm. Can't do that. This one was not broadcast uh, on either radio or television. This is the only Academy Awards ceremony that was never broadcast anywhere and therefore is forever lost to time. Oh, no. Yeah, big sad. Um... This this Academy Award ceremony honored the best films from August first, nineteen twenty seven, to July thirty first, nineteen twenty eight. It's a very specific window. Um, wait, 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 wait again. Yes, August first, nineteen twenty seven, uh, to thirty first mm-hmm. of July, nineteen 
1928. Any anything between those dates? Uh, okay, makes sense as to why I watched some movies that were 1927 and some were 1928. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, it, it, it's a fascinating thing, the Academy Awards, because uh, in it, the Academy was established in 1927 by Lewis B. Mayer uh, of Metro Goldwyn Mayer. And uh, he has said that his purpose in creating the award show was to unite the five branches of the film industry, actors, directors, producers, technicians, and writers. Hmm. And he commented that um, he, he found that the best way to handle filmmakers was to hang medals all over them. If I got them cups and awards, they would kill to produce what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, fun stuff. <laughs> we love we love to see it no. I, not really <laughs> uh, yeah no fascinating things um, so essentially this this guy created these, these Academy Awards um, mm -hmm. and the nomination process was fascinating for the first awards uh, it allowed candidates to be nominated and uh, awarded for either a single film multiple films or just without reference to any film um, wait wait <laughs> Yeah, that last thing was mostly for the for the technical stuff, for engineering effects okay. and best writing. For instance, a lot of people were nominated with no specific film attached, just because they did a pretty good job overall. Um, okay, okay. And for the acting awards, for instance, Janet Gaynor, our acting award winner, who you have seen in both Seventh Heaven and in Sunrise, um, she was also nominated for Street Angel. She was nominated for three movies, and she, uh, right, she won that. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah kind of a crazy year there was not there was not really any rules it was just i'm i'm just not over the the 15 minutes oh yeah <laughs> uh, well the reason it was only 15 minutes long get this is because all of the winners were already known uh every oh. single winner was announced three months in advance and they were just they were just <laughs> invited to come and have a party and everyone could get their uh, little statuette i see Yep. So the statues were already there? The statues were there, yes. They were designed okay, by uh, Cedric Gibbons, art director of MGM. So yeah, uh, there was a board of judges that decided the winners, but according to um, some members of the Academy, including American director King Vidor, uh, the voting was in the hands of the founders, really. So mm, okay, okay. it's always so been a bit fucked, yes. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of mostly the, the 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 things in this that are very fascinating is the awards themselves um mm. to start with there's some awards that are very specific for the time which is best writing in title writing specifically um then there's best engineering effects uh which was won by wings by the way but we'll get to that oh, that makes sense that makes a me, lot of sense yeah. right <laughs> uh then there was ones that make a lot of sense actually best cinematography and best art direction which are still mm -hmm. around sort of yeah um Best Writing Adaptation and Best Writing Original Story, split into two. Uh, best Actor, okay. Best Actress. Best Directing was two awards originally. It was Best Directing for a Comedy Picture and Best Directing for a Dramatic Picture. Oh, of course, the two categories. Yes, <laughs> the, the two genders, comedy mm. and drama. And exactly. Then, and then there was the Best Picture Award, of course, which was split into two. Um, the Outstanding Picture Award and the Best Unique and Artistic Picture Award. Uh, an Outstanding Picture is what has now become best picture uh, even though we had technically two best picture winners this year the academy has retroactively decided that one of them is much more important than the other um mm. so yeah sorry guys this is what it is <laughs> 
we watched both of the categories though we did we absolutely are, you know invested <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um so yeah we watched both of those categories and then we watched two movies extra movies. i still don't know which one is the odd one out basically yes. Siho told me i know that we watched the jazz singer which was i know it was the first talkie um, yeah it was it was the first talkie or more like the first singing but we'll get around to that we will. um but I know that that was like awarded or not awarded, but it was nominated for a special achievement or something. I yes. don't know which one of the movies we watched is the other odd one out, though. I'm curious. Um, so we could either there's two ways we can do this. We can do this mm -hmm. when we get to said movie or we can go through all the movies. And then when we get to the honorary awards, I'll have you guess which one it is, um, because essentially what's <laughs> happened is this movie. I'm, I'm not going to tell you again what movie, mm -hmm. but this movie specifically was nominated not even for best picture it was nominated for three other awards and then it it was taken off of all those awards because they uh -huh. thought it was unfair and just gave it an honorary award okay no let me i will guess at the end i like that yes okay um so we'll get we'll guess that at the end then i think we're ready to start with our um our nominees i guess we are all right If we're starting alphabetically, I'd say let's start yes. with Seventh Heaven. Yes. Yes. That that was oh god, that was a movie. Um, it, it was. was it, this it, this it was is the first one I watched, so it was a like, well a while ago is like three weeks ago. But I I have to say, I tend to forget these silent black and white movies a lot quicker than I forget like films from these days. Understandable. Also because I think like I, like out of the eight we watched at least half of them are pretty similar in my opinion. At least in the way that they're romantic yeah. movies, they're love movies and then it's like, oh they don't like each other. Now they do like each other. They have a good time. They go through hardship but now they're okay again. It's like yes. at least four of them are yeah. go like that. So Absolutely. it's kind of hard to distinguish them. It happens but... so fast as well. Like they, they sort of yeah. immediately, they yeah. fall in love within days, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Seventh Heaven was the one that I thought was like a fanfic. It is, it <laughs> is a fanfic, basically. Understandable. Um, so for <laughs> those of you who haven't seen Seventh Heaven, um, it is about a sewer cleaner and a i'm not sure what she is but she's down on her luck she's having not a lot of fun in life mm. and um essentially these two meet and in in a desperate bid to defend this woman from her abusive sister um the sewer cleaner claims that she is his wife um and the police are like okay i believe you but we're gonna check in a few days and she's just like well he's like well shit i'm gonna lose my job and she's like well i'll just come live with you until the police get there and once they've checked, I'll go home. Obviously, yeah. the police come, but they're in love now, so she doesn't go home. But then he gets drafted into the war. Um, and it's it's very dramatic. It's a very deeply emotional love story. I... <laughs> I... I... <laughs> yeah. You yeah. didn't like it? I didn't much like it. I'm sorry. You dislike it? Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought it was... Mm, it's definitely not my favorite. Uh, I wouldn't say it was bad. I disliked the ending a lot. Mm, same. I I think we can spoil this one. Or, or I, I feel like the 1927 movies are probably safe, safe to, to spoil. spoil. Okay, so... Okay, first of all, I just want to clarify why I think it's a fanfic. Because this guy, the main guy, is like the biggest tsundere. 
he is this close to saying I don't like you, Baka. It's like it's, he is because the whole time throughout the movie, he's like, no, no, no. I'm only letting you stay at my house because otherwise I'll get arrested. But I really, I do not like you. I want you out of here as soon as they're. And then once they realize they're kind of in love, he still is kind of not admitting it. He is oh still yeah, she's just like, like, hey, can you like? He literally has just asked this woman to marry him, and she's like, well, I will say yes, but like, tell me you love me. And he's like, nah, that's too silly. <laughs> nah. I can't just say that. That's weird. <laughs> Exactly. He is the biggest Sundere and it's just, oh, and then it, it just feels like the perfect fan fiction where it's just like, oh, they gotta live together. It's this close to being, but oh, there, there was, was just only one bed. bed. <laughs> I was about to say. It's so close. Um, but okay, it, it you know. I think the first half fine. of the movie was really good. The bit that yeah. really bothered me was the war bit because there yeah. was zero war set up and then suddenly it was like Suddenly it was war. Neighbor, we have to go to war in an hour. <laughs> and I was like, Excuse yeah, in an me? hour, yes, exactly. It was crazy. And then also so basically before he goes away, he I think he tells her something He tells her about um needy, I, like every morning they'd think of each other. Yeah, every morning at eleven, I think. Yeah. And but he also then, says, foreshadowing line here, he says, I want to fill my eyes with you. Yes. So then he dies uh, towards the end. And then everyone goes to tell her, like, hey, your husband has died. Yeah. And she is super sad. And everyone is kind of sad for a moment. But then it's war is over and everyone is super happy. But she's still sad, of course, because her husband has died. Mm. But then her husband comes back. He is not dead, even though we, we clearly saw him die this time. It's not one of those off-screen deaths. We saw him die. And it is... I do not like it. I do not like it. I... Hmm... Yeah, especially because we saw him die. I feel like yeah, if it would have been more a bit more off screen, they actually confirmed that he was dead. <laughs> it very much just went, oh yeah, this guy died. This is fucking dead. Yeah, and then yeah. suddenly he's like, oh, he's blind. Now I don't know. It felt it felt so out of place or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I okay. agree. I think Other it was a very I... strong setup that took a very weird turn. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. It was fine. It, it was, was not. Fine. It was not the best out of these eight i'd say no i'd agree i i don't think it was I, I think it was far from bad um i just i really didn't like the 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 story sort of turn that it took yeah. um but yeah you know the socks well i i guess we'll move on to the next well, one well i have some fun facts oh, hang on and hold fun on facts. Of course oh, I've got fun facts oh oh don't forget about the fun facts i'm so sorry this movie um, it was initially released as a standard silent film, uh, like completely silent, and then mm -hmm. they re-released it uh, about half a year later with a synchronized uh, soundtrack with musical score and sound effects. Uh, and it was Sick. such a critical and commercial success that it helped establish Fox as a major studio. Oh, really? Yes, this is one of the first movies Fox ever released, and it, it got them big. I never knew. Yeah. Then. One more fun fact about this movie, which is that our leads, Janet Gaynor and Charles Farrell, were cast as the lead roles, obviously. And mm -hmm. they proved to be so popular that they went on to star in 11 more movies together. And they were dubbed America's Favorite Lovebirds. I read about this. I I, may, I try to read not, as, not that much about the movie mm -hmm. so I can, you know be surprised at your fun facts but sometimes i get a little bit i get a little bit i understand it's so it's so interesting 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really, I'm, I'm definitely still gonna read all the Wikipedia pages. <laughs> oh, please do. I've, I've tried not to spoil too much of them. For some of these, I've had to because, of course, like some of them fun only facts. have like three sentences, <laughs> and then you know that's my fun fact. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's especially for like the the bigger movies here. There's, there's a lot enough. to read. Yeah. yeah. So then I think Is we can that... move on to the next one. Yeah, I think so. Okay, okay the circus. Okay, the circus. A Charlie Chaplin film. It the is. The first one I've ever seen. Uh, uh, so also the cool. first one I've ever seen, actually. Huh. Never seen I, a Chaplin movie. I see his, you know... Appeal. Yeah, his yes, appeal. Same. Thank you. Very much. Yeah. yeah. Okay, basically, Circus is about a circus. It's crazy. It's about a... A vagabond. Mm, a tramp, one might say. Whoa. No, uh, this is actually the name of the character. He is, he's oh. called the tramp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sick. Um, yeah, no, I, I... Okay, so basically the first half of the movie I had some trouble kind of understanding what was going mm-hmm. on because Charlie Chaplin was running from the police with some other guy and I wasn't sure why, but it didn't really matter in the end because it his whole chase with the police just is to eventually have him end up at the circus yeah. where he meets this girl who is kind of abused by her dad, who is the owner of the circus. And Charlie Chaplin, or whatever his name is supposed to be in the movie, then turns out to be very funny. And they kind of hire him for the circus, and he likes the girl. And they kind of have a chill time, but then they have not so chill of a time. And then there's another guy she falls in love with, and it's all very chaotic. But in the end, it's all fine. (laughs) Yeah. That's a that's a very concise summary. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely see the Chaplin appeal. It's it's yeah. yeah the the slapstick the the pantomime is brilliant. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there are some parts where it fits not as well. Yeah. Uh, for example, when he he kind of needs to do audition to join the circus, even though he's already kind of. It's already been decided that he's going to join the circus because he's so funny, but they try to make him do an audition of sorts. Yeah, they try to make him it... do, like, the standard acts. Yes, and that goes really wrong, but it was a bit repetitive, in my opinion, yeah. because first they do the act right, and then it follows up by him doing it wrong, and that goes Repeats, on like, for like, a couple times, of yeah. times. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did think this was a good movie. Yeah, same. I, I very much enjoyed the circus. I wasn't sure that i would like charlie chaplin simply because of you know it, it's it's a very specific type of comedy yep. and I'm, i wasn't sure how well it would hold up mm-hmm. um but it, I, I to me it did it was good good slapstick there was a, some things that didn't yeah. work for me but they were followed up quickly enough by s- things that did work for me so yeah i liked it a lot as well actually absolutely i do think toward to the end i don't know why i have i, I don't know if this is going to be a trend where i have criticisms about the end but uh-huh. Basically, I did think it was a bit weird how Charlie Chaplin is into this girl and then he gets very angry because she is in love with another man that has just joined the circus and he's very angry about it and he tries to win her over by doing all kinds of shit. <laughs> yeah, he was je- he was jealous. I'm not but, sure if that Yeah, he was, he was jealous, angry. but then I feel like suddenly he wasn't anymore. I think they were basically sent out of the circus so like the the father of the girl didn't want her there anymore, so she had to go to the forest. And Charlie... No, no, he he didn't. He uh, Her father still wanted her there. She ran away. Oh, yeah, that was it. Because the Sorry, father was yeah. abusive. Stepfather, yeah. I forget everything about this movie so quickly. But 
he Charlie Chaplin goes after her, and at that point, he suddenly decides he's not in love with her anymore? Question mark. Like he he was so angry about it earlier, and suddenly he oh I, I don't think decided he... that he's going to get the other man because she is better. Uh, he is better for her or something. Oh yeah, I don't I don't think it was him not being in love with her. I read that very much as you know I am a poor tramp. If I now have to, I can't even take care of myself. I cannot then take care of an an extra person. Yes, and she deserves better than that. Which I, I yes, a... it's just that the turning point was very fast. Oh, that's fair. He was I, very yeah. jealous, and then suddenly he decides to be good for her i don't know yeah i know i do understand there was not really a uh yeah 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 i understand so i did some i took some screenshots during watching some of the movies not all of them so the previous one i didn't take any screenshots Uh because um i don't know i just didn't (laughs) yeah no fair but mostly of the title cards so for for the silent movies the you know the text basically because they didn't have voices they just put as most people know probably they put the title cards yeah and some of them were funny i think i have only two for this one i don't know i think they're only funny out of context they weren't that great like they Sent were just kind of normal i'm very excited it, now <laughs> the first one isn't that great but it says just the funny man dot <laughs> And it was just an introduction to him, but yeah, just out yeah. of context, it just feels so... The funny, the funny man. man, yes. A WhatsApp sticker, yes. Yes, yes. And then the second one is better out of context as well. It just it just says hungry, dot. <laughs> <laughs> just hungry. I love those, yep. It's a mood, honestly. All right, do you have some fun facts? I have a couple fun facts. Um... Oh. This this movie's production was hell. Oh. Um it was worth it because it was also the seventh highest grossing silent film in cinema history, making three point oh. eight million dollars in nineteen twenty eight. Um yeah, its production was completely buggered in every possible way. Uh, essentially they filmed for a month and then it was discovered that the film negative had been scratched, so they had to restore it uh, and adjust the oh. negative. Um, a major fire broke out at Chaplin's studio in September, delaying production for a month. Um, and then there's the Lita Gray thing, which is that uh, while making The Gold Rush, his previous movie, Chaplin married for the second time. However, much like his first marriage, Lita Gray was a teenage actress originally set mm. to star in said film, um, whose surprise announcement of pregnancy forced Chaplin into oh. a marriage. Yeah. Oh. She was oh, no. 16 and he was 35, meaning that oh. Chaplin could have been charged with statutory rape. So they oh. they arranged a discreet marriage in Mexico, um, and oh, it was an unhappy marriage. It was an unhappy marriage. Their first son oh. uh, was born in 1925, and then they had a second son as well. They had another one. How's that? So, yeah. And- I oh yeah, but I assume they didn't stay together. They indeed sure. did not. Uh, it, it was it was a very unhappy marriage. Uh, Mr. Chaplin spent a lot of hours at the studio to avoid seeing his wife. Oh um, my god! Yes, and in November twenty six, Gray took the children and left their house. Um, ah. Yeah, a bitter divorce followed, um, and. The uh, divorce papers were served in December, right in the middle of filming The Circus. Um, So the litigation of that delayed the release of the film for another year. 
Oh, man. Yep. That's the story. Also, the Internal Revenue Service uh, had claims of Chaplin owing back taxes, which also made, uh, like, stalled filming for another eight months. So everything about this was... It's fucked. Horrible. Yeah. Everything about it was was terrible. Um, Gray's application for divorce also accused Chaplin of infidelity, abuse, and harboring perverted sexual desires. Um, that story became headline news and groups started forming across America calling for his films to be banned he they weren't obviously Um, his fan base was strong enough and it was soon forgotten but it it deeply affected um, Mr. Chaplin and then he made a lot of money and then he made a fuckload of money from the circus however he hated it uh, not oh. not the movie itself, but he permanently associated the film with the stress of its production mm. um, to the point where he omitted it from his autobiography um, oh. and he struggled to work on it when he recorded the score later um, because mm. the score was recorded after in 1967, in fact. 67? Yep. Oh, okay. This movie was I completely see. silent when it was originally... Um, I see, I see. Yeah, so we watched it with... Uh, we watched it with the score, yes. Because we I watched think... all of them with scores except yes. for Chang. Except for Chang, but we'll get to Chang. Which was an experience. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, in 1967, Mr. Chaplin pr- composed a new musical score and a recording of him singing Swing Little Girl over the opening credits. That was um, that oh, was Charlie I Chaplin see, himself. Yeah. So that was the circus. It was wild. That was... Yeah, that's wild. Uh, yeah. Well... Next movie, I suppose. Next movie, I suppose, indeed. Um, the next movie will be Chang. 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 Chang, a drama of the wilderness. Yes. Which it... is different from the others. Yeah. That's for sure. It's... It, it, well, okay. I should say it tries to be a documentary. It is not. It isn't. Oh, it isn't. Um... Chang, how to summarize Chang. The directors, um, Cooper and Shudsak, I think, mm-hmm. to, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, decided to go into the remote jungles of Siam um, and they stayed for more than a year among the Lao, uh, which is a, a, a tribe. And mm-hmm. they were trying to sketch an image of the life I- I- in, in said tribe. Mm-hmm. And that's what Chang is. Let's talk about the movie first before we talk about its development. Yes, yes. Well, first of all, this was a bit of an experience because it's the only one where there was no music under it as well. So, yeah, I... That's on me. There is a version with music. I just forgot. I I couldn't find it that quickly and then I... (laughs) Forgot about it. Forgot about it. Don't worry. It's fine. It just, it does make it a little bit harder to concentrate on it, I think, because... Yeah. yeah, you get distracted easier, I guess. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was... I don't know. It Honestly, this one was mostly boring to me. <laughs> yeah, this is by far my number eight out of the uh, eight. Yeah, I understand that. It might be mine as well. Yeah, I would not say by far, but it it's just... I, the, the only reason I'm saying by far, I should clarify, is because I know what went on behind the scenes oh. of this movie. Oh, God. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said by far. It still would have been my least favorite, but I wouldn't have said by far. But well, not knowing what has happened uh, behind the scenes, I'd say it's 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 kind of boring. It's so they try to capture this tribe, but they focus on one family, and then 
Um, I can I can guess some things of what went behind if it was that bad because there's a lot of wild animals involved where I wondered how they got to capture that. So I'm thinking it might have to do something with that. Yeah, but there's that. like a tiger attacking their place and they try to do things about it. Then they, uh, the family goes to the rest of the tribe and is like, hey, we need some help with all these wild animals then elephants are involved yeah doesn't the the guy's house gets crushed by an elephant right by an elephant and then he's like oh the herd is coming and then the father of the tribe is like nah that doesn't exist that's there that's a fairy tale and immediately after tragedy strikes and the whole fucking herd of elephants walks in which was kind of funny because it's immediately this guy goes that's a fairy tale and immediately the elephant strikes so that was good (laughs) Um, but yeah, and then they it's kind of about the tribe trying to catch this herd of elephants and eventually tame them. And it uh, yeah. it's I don't know how long was it, one hour or one and a half An hours. Hour ish, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of minutes of not that much happening except mm-hmm. animals animals. Yep. Yeah. So this movie. Uh-huh. Essentially what happened is that a few years before this, um, this guy, I forget his name, but mm. he made a movie called Nanook of the North, which was a concept, conceptually, th- this movie, but about the Inuit people. Mm. And it was fucking laughable. Like, it, it was super inauthentic. It was a myth of nonsense. However, these people who had no clue what life like that was like, they were just like, oh, this seems super interesting. And it did quite good. Um, And these two guys um, were filming in the jungle for their previous movie, Grass. And then they were Mm -hmm. like, this is actually very fascinating. We should do a movie on this. But they didn't have time to do that at the end of Grass. So they went to a studio and the studio was like, well, The Nook of the North was pretty successful. We can get you guys, you know, a a, a similar movie. Um, So they went into the jungle of Siam to, to film this. And they assembled this fictional family, uh, complete with Pet Gibbon. Um, and then they they just built a house in the jungle hmm. to essentially make up this entire story. Because no Lao would actually risk living that far away from other villagers. Um, uh-huh. And any for a reason for a reason, yes, because any of the events that hadn't been captured adequately, uh, stuff like tigers and elephants and and all of that, all of that stuff was manufactured and restaged and redone. It was completely real to all the people and animals involved, like all the tigers and and bears and mm-hmm. stuff that die on camera really died. Um, yeah, it's this is again, it's it's very close to being a documentary but not because they wanted it to be more dramatic than that oh yes one of the one of the um directors in a letter home said under the instructions of our head office we are working in a slight dramatic theme the result will unquestionably be quite artificial yet in its way it will tell the very real struggle of the jungle man oh interesting uh, interesting quote um, he also expressed frustration in dealing with the Lao, complaining that they did not follow instructions when helping to, for instance, trap tigers, a task that they didn't oh really want to do. Um, and years later, this guy chuckled when he was describing how he slapped the chief of the Lao, um, whose wife then oh. spiked his dinner with bamboo barbs. Huh. Yeah. 
really, really, really just interesting bad. person. Yeah. Just bad. Yep. Ooh, um, these movies do not hold up. Yeah. No, these <laughs> these movies became like like movies like this and Nanook became the subject of sort of like an ongoing debate of uh you know why are we doing this if it's not realistic? Um mm-hmm. Franz Boas of the American Museum of Natural History wrote to one of the uh, motion picture producers saying uh, these films might have been ever so much more interesting if a person had been consulted who knows the social life of those people intimately, which, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think in general, it's kind of impressive how you, in this early age, you involve tigers, you involve elephants, you involve all kinds of animals, and somehow it still ends up being boring Yeah, compared it's... to the others. Like, not just because it's an old movie, just compared to the other ones. Oh, yeah, because there's some movies in this list that I greatly enjoyed. Like, mm. it's it's not about the age of it. It's about that it's the most boring slog. And also yeah. the fact that, it, like, if it was a documentary, truly, or at least a biopic, truly, I would have at least enjoyed the concept of, wow, this is, you know how life was but knowing that that even that's not true you're just yeah to be fair it doesn't read as a documentary at it all doesn't either. Know. when i started watching it i did not assume that they actually were trying to document something yeah like that no that's fair it's bad. also it's bad it's also not known what the Lao thought of the movie because it was released in bangkok in, in 1929 but um no information about that is mm. is available however comparatively Nanook uh, with the Inuit what they've said about it is that it's inauthentic to the point of being laughable but the film has value for them because um, one of them said these pictures are the only pictures of that time in this region and I imagine it's it's a similar thing for the Lao people of yeah, it's completely inauthentic and, and, and nonsense but that's pictures of, of you know those people living there that's yeah there's some that. some level of value to be had in that I do have one screenshot from this one, um, which I did think was a little funny. It says, like in quotes, so someone is saying this, take him away. I don't like his nose, (laughs) which I think was good. That's good. That's a really good good (laughs) screenshot. I really like these screenshots. (laughs) Um, Well, let's quickly move on to the next one because this one wasn't it. Nope. Uh, The next one is The Crowd. Oh god, the crowd. Um, right, I don't know why. I can't really put my finger on it, but I think to me the crowd was the most forgettable one. Every time oh. I try to think of the crowd, I'm like, what happened in that movie? Really? <laughs> yeah. I found this to be. I think this was probably uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I get that. I don't think it was bad. I just think it was forgettable. Um, quick summary of the crowd. It is mm-hmm. about um. Uh, two people well it's it's mostly about a guy um it's a love story again well is it is well it, love though? story yeah it's about yeah, a guy it's a he bit goes more on a date broad than that yeah it's a guy he goes on a date with a woman he's so infatuated with her that after this first date he immediately asks her to marry him and she says yes um and from there on their relationship has a real good streak and then it goes downwards real fast um and at some point Right as they're trying to sort of reconcile, their daughter gets hit by a truck and dies. Um, yeah. And this sends the man fucking reeling. This this dude does not, not have it together. Uh, and I I don't know. 
I found it to be very fascinating in in many ways. I like, but this is also a preference thing, right? I like movies about ordinary people. I like mm. movies that are just, you know, this this look into ordinary life made massive. Yeah. And I really like that about this. I also thought that the scene of the daughter getting hit by the car was harrowing. I was not oh, expecting yeah, it sure. whatsoever. And they filmed it surprisingly effectively. And, ooh, man, I thought this movie was really, really good. I also thought it was very pretty. Um, hmm, I get that. I I don't know. I like this movie. It was not one of my favorites, I don't think. I, I did like how it was kind of... It also had some messages in there about... Basically, this man starts out being like, oh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the something best special. Person. Also yeah. because his dad had told him he was gonna be something special and it kind of really stuck with him. Yeah. And like I think it's the first date when he goes out with this woman, he looks down on some Yes person dressed as a clown yeah. doing advertisement in this clown costume. And he's like, Oh, that's like they laugh at him. And then towards the end of the movie that's the job that he has, so it kind of really devolves down to him Yeah. Being the thing he really was making fun of which i think is interesting like yeah it's yeah. it's very tar um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's very it's, it's very this concept of don't look down on other people um yeah and also the, the reason that's called the crowd is because for most of these big events that happen uh the death of his father the death of his daughter um a lot of these things the crowd is there which is just a crowd of people mm. gathering but they are doing nothing yeah. um at all whatsoever and at some point the movie very outright states the crowd will laugh with you forever but mm. they'll cry with you for a single day which is the fact that after his daughter dies everyone just expects him to sort of go back to life very quickly yeah. and I found that to be a very interesting statement because it's true it's very easy to make people laugh it's harder to make people cry and I found that to be a very interesting take right, Yeah, I did like how it was a movie with with some messages to be said whereas some of these were just clearly entertainment, which is not, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just yeah. thought it was interesting that this one did have something to say. Yeah, I think it's important to note that this one was nominated for Best Unique and Artistic Picture um, mm. rather than Outstanding Picture. Same with Chang. Uh, an important thing to note about the Best Unique and Artistic Picture Award is that it was, uh, there was very specific wording of this, Best Unique and Artistic Picture was intended to honor prestige art films separately from commercial fare. Okay. So, yeah. What was considered art house in the ba- back yeah, in the day? Yeah, this I was essentially an, an art house movie. Um, I see, I see. This, that, yeah, Chang, that makes sense. and Sunrise were, were the art house ones. Mm. I, maybe before we do the fun facts, I have some more screenshots. Yes, <laughs> I'm very excited um, for these. All right, so, but what was a little thing like the Declaration of Independence compared to the great event happening in the Sims household? I really like that which, one. Yeah, I like yeah. that one as well. Like, what? Declaration of Independence? Nah, what? my what son now? is being born. That's more important. And I love that. Yes, and yeah. then I took a screenshot of that birth happening because I thought it was uh, interesting how they just held up the baby by its leg. Yeah, and then, and then they spanked it. Spanked it. He just <laughs> held it like it was a fish. It was something um and then i have a screenshot some of these i don't remember the context of i think this was like a 
few boys were sitting on a fence and they were asking each other oh, yeah, what yeah, jobs yeah. they wanted to have later. And one of them was, I purpose to seek occupation as a cowboy. And yes. Like, yes. Mm. I loved that one so much. <laughs> just the way it's so formal in its sentence and it just goes cowboy. Yeah. You know? And then we have your ship. A worm must be towing it down from the North Pole, which I also <laughs> thought was a good roast. But yes, those were all of them. Sick. Well, the fun facts then. Um, this film used hidden cameras in the New York City scenes. They just uh, were just like, oh, that'll be fun. Um, and also it does a lot of subtle work with uh, skill models and dissolves. Um, well, yeah, the dissolves make sense. Yeah, it's very influenced by 1920s German uh, cinema. The director avoided casting big name stars in the film because he wanted to be very authentic about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um and as a matter of fact, Mr. Murray, who plays our leading man, had a surprisingly similar uh, life path to the main character. It's very, very upsetting, and I'm going to tell mm. you it. This man started as a studio extra, um, but then, you know, uh, he'd appeared in, in some featured roles already before mm. this movie. But th- he made his way to, ho- to California by, you know, riding boxcars, doing odd jobs like shoveling coal, washing dishes. And then he made mm-hmm. his Hollywood break. Really cool, really fun. However, after this movie, kind of went downhill. Um, Yes, he succumbed to alcoholism and became, uh, I think the wording is a skid row bum. And um, King Vidor, the director, wanted to make another movie about these characters later. He did make another movie about these characters later called um, Our Daily Bread. Um, And he obviously immediately thought of james murray to reprise his role mm-hmm. um so he went out and found him on the streets uh panhandling and he offered him a part but murray angrily refused uh reportedly saying just because i stop you on the street and try to borrow a buck you think you can tell me what to do as far as i'm concerned you know what you can do with your lousy part um and in 1936 his body was found in the hudson river uh, oh god a possible suicide which is That's not eerily weird. similar to the path of his character in the movie, who also nearly kills himself uh, by jumping off a bridge, but then his son, his son uh, stops, him. stops yeah. him. Yeah, this is a sad episode, man. It's a really sad episode, man. the tw- The twenties were not a good time. Ah. Um, so director Fedor was haunted by this chain of events, and in 1979 he tried to make a film called The Actor, which was a screenplay written based on. Uh, James Murray's life story but the film was never made because he couldn't raise the funds for it Mm. so alright yeah one more slightly funner fact Mm -hmm. (laughs) end up on a bit of an upbeat note Um, (laughs) the MGM chief Louis Mayer hated the film for its bleak subject matter and a lack of a happy ending and they uh, held the film from release for almost a year oh yes they used this year to film seven alternate upbeat endings Um, That they then previewed in small towns. (laughs) And um, finally, the film was released with two possible endings. One of them being the original ending, which we saw, and another that had the family gathered around a Christmas tree uh, after he's gotten a successful job with an advertising agency and all is happy. Mm, I like our ending better. Me too. Um, It's more realistic, I think. Absolutely. I agree. Because... Maybe good to mention, in our ending, his wife leaves him because he cannot hold a job for longer than a day. 
And he's just about to change that, or at least it seems like he's about to change that, but it's been enough for her. So she leaves him. Yes. However, does she, she... Does she stay in the end? She doesn't necessarily stay, but she... Essentially, he's like, hey, you know, she she can't leave him entirely because she does love him. Mm, and he's like, yeah. well, you know, let's at least go to the movies tonight. And right, that's we'll it. take your brother, yeah. we'll take our son, and, you know, we'll 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 see. And that's where the movie ends, them going to the movies, mm. and then the, it zooms out, and they have become part of the crowd laughing, which I think was a very interesting final yeah, show. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I much prefer that ending. Yeah, same. And, and uh, matter-of-factly, so did the American people, given that uh, exhibitors could choose which of the endings to show, but the happy ending rarely surfaced. I see, I see. Because it makes less sense. Well, yep. what's the next one? The next one would be The Jazz Singer. The Oh, the jazz singer. The jazz singer. I feel like this one we should first just kind of put a warning or just explain that it definitely does not hold up to the times. Um, this movie they're... has blackface. Not yes. only does it have blackface, it has a lot of blackface. It has, yes. oh no, it has big time blackface. Yes, it's yes. not like a subtle thing. No, no, it's bad. It's really bad. Important to note though about this blackface um out of all of the old movies that you could watch that have blackface in them at least this one has it as a very very important element of the plot yes but it's, it's still oh it's very still questionable bad. oh because... it's very questionable yeah <laughs> but at least they're trying to justify it narratively rather than yeah, I yeah. guess but it's still Cause, it's still cause... part of him acting the main character um has blackface while he is on stage acting in yes. a musical comedy. So yes. it's, it's still a comedy he's performing in. So it's it's not good. No, but um, it, it is the first talkie, so it is yes. history. In yeah, way, we should we which... should quickly note that this was not a best picture nomination. We added this yes. because it's the first talkie. Yes, it it's yes the first talkie. But as I said earlier, more like the first thingy. There's not a lot of talking involved. There is mostly. Um, it's it's mostly a silent movie, except there's a lot of singing. So all of that is with well, sound. And that, that's, sometimes that's, that was a thing beforehand. Um, vocal sure. performances were, you know, a, a thing beforehand. So it's just about the, like, two sentences, they say. Yes. Well, so pretty much uh, um, there were a lot of earlier sound films with dialogue, but they were all, like, short subjects. Um, and there were a bunch of that had, like, Sing sequences because it's very easy to synchronize a song to whatever. Um, but this movie, very specifically, um, the 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 sentence, wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you, you ain't heard nothing. Hmm. That's the first synchronized dialogue ever spoken in a feature film. Um, I see, I see. There is two minutes worth of synchronized talking throughout the movie. Um... But that shit broke the crowd. Hmm, I mean, that makes sense. But I, I didn't know, actually. I thought it was mostly about the singing, but that was already... Because there's really not a lot of talking. No, no, there isn't. Uh, what is important, that, like the, most of the other things that had uh, musical performances in it, that was like one musical performance. This had like five. So it's uh, still very impressive. Yeah, okay, okay, right. But... I guess we should get to what we thought of uh, the jazz singer overall. Yeah. So the jazz singer is about a man named. Um, oh, I've forgotten Something. his name. I know. Mm. 
Oh, it's Jack Robin or Jackie yeah, Robinowitz. Exactly. Yes, yes. It's a, a Jewish man um, who uh, likes to sing jazz instead of becoming a cantor at the, the synagogue. Um, and he does this by doing blackface. He He needs to... To, to become a successful jazz singer because mm-hmm. it's a very African-American pastime, apparently, jazz at that point. Um, he has to be black, so he makes himself black. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a lot about religion as well because yes. his father wants him to sing at the... At the the um, Yom Kippur. That's... Yeah. And he kind of wants to put his career first. And as a boy, he basically walks out because yeah. he doesn't want to only sing religious tunes and then yep. it comes kind of comes down to his choice yeah it's 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 it is i think a very good movie the blackface is f- very very sad yeah. because beyond that i think this is one of the strongest movies that i that we watched for me yeah least. if it if it were not for the blackface it would have been yep. good the blackface is really unfortunate yeah, I think that is kind of what it boils down to. I yeah. don't have that much. It's to a add really to that. good movie. It's just uh, it it's aged unfortunately. Um, yeah. The the thing is that the guy who starred in this movie, Al Jolson, this was sort of his thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I should state this movie is based off of Al Jolson. That's not a that's not a you know uh, an overstatement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who wrote this movie saw a performance of the musical Robinson Crusoe Junior. and the star of the show was Al Jolson, who performed in blackface. Um, Hmm. and then... So it already was his thing before. Yeah, and then the guy who wrote the movie wrote a short story um, based on Jolson. Then it was adapted into a stage play called The Jazz Singer, and uh, Jolson didn't play the role in that. It was a guy called George Jessel. And um, then they started turning it into a movie. Jessel was supposed to um, play the role from his his play, but uh, negotiations sort of floundered a little bit, and then... Um, they just offered it to Jolson, who had inspired it in the first place. And uh, he signed a $75,000 contract for it Ooh. and probably even invested his own money. There's no proof for that, but there's several claims that he did. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a very personal project for, for Mr. Jolson. It, even those, those first spoken words that, wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. Mm-hmm. That's well-established stage patter uh, that Jolson used to do. Um, I see, I see. That was sort of like his thing that he would always say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy. That is kind of crazy. Is there any more facts? Well, I have one more fun fact about this, and that is the premiere. Um, mm. Essentially, the way that this was done is that um, every single musical number was mounted on a separate reel with a separate accompanying sound disc. The movie is like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. There was 15 reels and 15 sound discs to manage. And the projectionist had to thread the film and cue up the records perfectly because the the smallest stumble or hesitation or just human error Mm -hmm. would result in massive humiliation. Um, oh god so it's it's crazy Warner Brothers at this point as well was in a very precarious financial position because they they sunk way too much money into this um, so yeah it, it, it was it was an experience 
what essentially happened during this premiere is that about halfway through the film, the audience sort of began to feel that something exceptional was taking place, and suddenly there's that big close-up of Jolson, right? The, wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And that prompted such a massive, loud, positive response from the audience. They were dumbfounded by seeing and hearing someone speak for the first time, <laughs> that they, they became hysterical. When, when they began their dialogue scene, they lost it. They... Uh, turned into a oh. milling, battling mob in one journalist's description, chanting "Jolson, Jolson, Jolson." Um, Robert E. Sherwood, a critic um, of Life magazine, described the spoken dialogue scene as fraught with tremendous significance. For one, I suddenly realized that the end of silent drama is in sight. Damn, that which is crazy. Pretty legendary. Yes, um, it, it's not so much the fact that. Uh, instantly, you know, people stopped making silent movies. No, no, no. This was still a very... It was a very specific technology. It was very early technology mm-hmm. as well. And uh, on top of that, people just didn't think that talkies would work that well. They were like, well, congratulations to the jazz singer for having found, you know, the the one area where this would work really, really well. Um, because it has music, because it has music and stuff, yeah. But this will not work for for everyone all the time, always. And then they were wrong. And then they were absolutely and completely wrong because by the end of I think nineteen twenty nine ish, most most studios were working on talkies. Yep. Yeah. It it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, what what this movie did for cinema it was a turning point yeah it is it is history it's just yep. really sad <laughs> that it's so tied to blackface yes yeah 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 very much really quickly before we um before we continue uh, one tiny little fun fact i have is that um the jazz singer was ruled ineligible for the best picture uh, awards because it would have been unfair competition for the silent pictures. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I think the the I think it's Richard Kozarski is a historian, and I would like to end this segment off on his little quote here, which is. Silent films did not disappear overnight, nor did talking films immediately flood the theatres, but nevertheless, 1927 remains the year that Warner Brothers moved to close the book on the history of silent pictures, even if their original goal had been somewhat more modest. There we go. There we go. We still have three movies to go. Oh, we still have three movies to go. and we have a closing statement, but no, no, no. No, we we do have three more movies to go. Uh, All of them silent. (laughs) So... Yeah. I assume first would be the racket then? Yes, I do believe so. So, the racket I, the racket is a little bit different. It is. Well, for me personally, the racket is this movie where I I had the hardest time following this one. This this was right. the one where I had was the most like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's because I live in a different time, or I, I'm not sure what it was, but I had a hard time following what was going on. I figured it out with the help of Wikipedia, but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> especially I... at the start, it it went better. It got better towards the end. But I'm very glad you said this because I had the same thing. I also had okay, to grab nice. Wikipedia for this one. I didn't like it much. No, me neither. Which is sad because it's more the genre that I usually like. Yeah, so it's I was a crime like, drama. Oh, yeah, let's go. I love crime but... dramas, but. 
Yes, especially towards the beginning, I feel like they don't really establish the characters very well, nope. so it's a bit confusing as to what is going on. Yeah. Um, but let's do a summary for as far as we can figure it out. Yeah. Basically, you have the main character. I keep forgetting names, but McQuig? he is an agent. Woo? McQuig, I think. Quig, yes, Quig. McQuig. Isn't he it? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quig, Quig. McQuig. 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 <laughs> Yes, McQuig. He <laughs> is an agent and he is trying to... Wait, let me just quote the first sentence of the plot from Wikipedia because yeah, they do yes, better. Yes, do it. Chicago Police Department Officer James Mac McQuig tries to keep the peace in Chicago during the Prohibition Gang Wars but is hampered by massive corruption. Yes, it's very much that. Um, yes. And that's pretty much the plot of the movie. There's the, the, he's trying to take down a big gangster boss but everything yes. around him is corrupt as hell and he's having a tough time of it. Um, but not that mm-hmm. tough a time because we see him fail once and then the rest of the movie is just him succeeding yeah. <laughs> immediately, pretty much. Uh, yes, and yeah. it's obviously it's a bit more complicated than him just getting towards the guy. I don't feel like it's worth explaining all of the B and C no. plots. Um, no, it like isn't. The, the main evil guy has a brother and then you have this woman that is involved with multiple men at some point i yeah she's dating the big guy's brother but also he's a bit of an asshole so then she starts dating this journalist who's also trying to take down the guy who's the and she doesn't really date him though she's more like flirting with him a little bit yeah it's yeah there's a lot going on i also did not understand the scene at the end where apparently what they did was they set him up to try and escape so that they could shoot him I did not realize that's what was going oh, on. Oh, no, me neither. I thought they were just actively helping him escape. But I... they, they set it up so that he would try to escape, then shoot someone with the gun that had no bullets in it, and then they could uh, shoot him for trying to escape. That was. That I was guess the... that explains why it had no bullets, but... Yeah. Yeah, no. I did think that the guy playing the uh, evil mob oh, he was really boss good. was good also casted yeah. very well he had the perfect face for it <laughs> yes yeah very much he uh, is actually one of the few actors who made a successful transition to talkies and his voice oh. also fits really well nice yeah that makes sense to me i yeah. i thought he was very good he was like one he of was, the yeah. actors that I actually took notice of yeah yeah i do i do have no yes I have screenshots of this oh one. I have a lot of them, actually. <gasps> Sick. I, again, don't know the context, but it goes, someone saying, sit down, you don't look historical, you look hysterical. <laughs> so bad. I actually don't remember this. Oh, my God. Oh, we are getting into the worst flirting oh. line, like the worst opening lines. Um, say, am I riding with you or wrestling? And it's, Yes. Mm, mm. I do not. I mean, when are you going into the club saying this to uh, to people? Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's that's great. You know, that's. Uh, I love that line. It's always worked for me. Yes, this is the. This then says someone saying, "You big egg, can't you read?" And I just thought big egg was a wonderful, wonderful insult. And then we have, oh gee, baby, how did the angels ever let you leave heaven? Which is basically just. Did it hurt when it fell <laughs> yep. from heaven? It's yep. so but worse. <laughs> Somehow worse. The earliest version of that. Oh yep. my god. Oh man. Um, uh, okay, yeah. So fun facts about the racket. Um, what you said earlier about maybe not getting it because of the time. Uh, that's probably true. Because this 
movie was banned in Chicago uh, due to the con- controversial portrayal of a corrupt police force and city government. Mm. Um, this is because the main antagonist, Nick Scarcy, was modeled after Al Capone. And oh. the old man, uh, the corrupt politician, was modeled after the mayor of Chicago, William Hale Big Bill Thompson. Oh. This entire thing was just essentially, according to people who you know either were alive at the time mm-hmm. or have studied that time period intensely, the racket very closely mirrored um, the relationship between the Chicago mayor and Al Capone. I see. Which I think is also partially why it was as highly regarded as it was because mm-hmm. it's, it took a very real subject and didn't shy away from portraying it. I see, I see. That makes a little sense. Right? That that really clicked the whole thing together for me when I read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one more fun fact about this movie is that it was lost. It was a lost piece of media for a very long time. Oh. Um, yeah. People thought that this movie was gone forever until a uh, copy was located in Howard Hughes' film collection. Howard Hughes is the... Um, uh, the man who produced this movie, I think. Mm. Um, so yeah, this movie was lost until like the late 90s, early 2000s. The first time it was shown to the public since uh, its original theatrical release was in 2004. Oh. Yeah. Um, and the Academy Film Archive preserved it in 2016, so it is now safe forever. But that's also why it's a bit lower quality, because it, it was not scanned from original negatives. It was a, it was a copy. I see. Interesting. Yeah. New so, movie? Yeah, next movie... Um, Sunrise. Yes. Um, Sunrise was, in my opinion, was a good movie. I think it it didn't have to run as long as it did. No, but... I think it dragged in the middle, but I really liked yeah. Sunrise. Yeah, basically yes. Sunrise is about a wife and a husband once more. And they are living together and they seem happy. But then the woman from... The woman city? from the city. Yeah. yeah, the woman from the city comes in and kind of seduces him and he starts cheating on his wife, yeah. the main guy. And she tries, the woman from the city tries to convince him to murder his wife, which is something. Yeah. Um. So they go onto a boat and the plan is for him to drown her. But when he's about to do that, she kind of convinces him i guess by begging <laughs> yeah she she, she begs for mercy and he sort of realizes oh what the fuck am i doing yes yeah. so they she is obviously like you just tried to kill me though it takes her a total of five minutes to forgive him which is i think is interesting and i have some thoughts about yeah. that one yeah, it is. but in general let's just move on from that for a second mm-hmm. they make up and they are super happy together and they go traveling like he originally promised her to when they when he said, hey, let's go to the boat. Yep. Let's do some travels. And they have a good time. And they... Well, then... it should it should be stated really quickly. She's sort of also slightly forced to forgive him because she runs away on a on a trolley to the city. And now they're trapped in the city together. They That's like... They, they, yeah. they sort of strand there. Yeah. But the way it's acted out, it seems like she also kind of genuinely... Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgives him, which I just... Sorry, I just no. I agree. Maybe it's... it's just I'm just not invested in the movie magic. But I just think if someone just tried to kill me, whether it be my husband or someone else, especially if it was my husband, yeah, no problem. I yeah. would not really want to be around them for the next ever. No, no, I would also yeah. be a bit upset. Yeah, 
but uh, you know, she gets over it pretty quickly. They have a good time. They are very happily happily married. They already were, but then they weren't. But now they are again. Yes, they're and back to happiness. The woman of the city is kind of forgotten for this bit. Um, she turns up, I think, during at the, the end at some at point. No, but he... not no, because no? she um she she's she's still in the farm bit. They're only in the city for like a day. Oh, okay. Oh, really? I thought it yeah, was yeah. like weeks. Okay. No, no, no. Never mind then. Oh, well, they, they that makes it worse. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, okay. They're only in the city for like a day. That makes this whole story worse. I yeah. hate it when stories happen in a day, even though it's like, I tried to kill you. Oh, I'm scared of you. I forgive you now, though. We are happy. But, and okay, basically, that's what happened until now with my explanation. And then yeah. they go back with the boats towards house. But the storm happens. There's a storm and yep. she dies. She doesn't die. Doesn't she? No, she doesn't die. That's the whole the what? whole point is that he so he has these reeds. <laughs> Wait, what? He has these reeds in the boat that he was going to use to save himself, but he ties them to her because he's good now. Uh the boat t- like tumbles over and he awakes and they go find his wife, but all they can find is a, b- a broken bundle of reeds in the water, and he's very, you know, upset by that. Uh-huh. Um, so he stumbles home. The woman from the city comes to seduce him, and he decides to kill her. However, um, his wife is found alive. She survived by clinging to one last uh, bundle of reeds, and the maid calls him. Which leads him to just drop the woman from the city and and go to his wife. So the woman from the city survives as well, but she's very clearly, you know, done with this guy. Um, And then she wakes up, they reconcile, they kiss, and the woman from the city gets sent back to the the city. I vaguely recall this for some reason... I really remember this as her dying. Yeah, I really... But she did. I I do. I did watch this part of the movie. I didn't skip it. I vaguely remember when you tell it, but it feels, it feels weird. I don't know. I really remember her dying at the end, and then nothing happening. But no. now you're talking about it. I vaguely also remember him stopping choking yeah. the woman of the city. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Me neither. It was like a bit of a. Okay. Well, that's okay. It's fine. Maybe I just clocked out towards the end i don't know i did think it was not bad that bad of a movie i just sometimes i'm a bit of a realist when it comes to especially romance i'm not that much into romance movies so i will call it out very quickly when for example in other movies as well where it takes place during like two days and they immediately fall in love and they immediately want to like it's west side story where they have known each other for two days yet they are ready to run away with each other for the rest of their lives and i don't know maybe it does happen in real life but i just i just i think west side story is can also be more excused to to the fact that they are dumb teenagers whereas these these are married people in their like yeah in their later life they should have a bit more self-preservation yeah it's just i i'm Maybe I'm a bit too realistic about these sorts of things. I just don't like it because it kind of gets me out of the immersion. Because I'm like, no. Yeah, fair. Don't do that. I don't think most people would do that either. I hope not. I hope not. Please, if someone tries to kill you, especially your husband, run. Run. And don't then, you know, let him buy you bread and forgive him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) to be fair i i do really like this movie i think it is probably in my top three for the year Mm. but that's because i really like expressionism um i really like 
none of the characters have names either, mm-hmm. which I really like. They are the, yeah. the the man, the woman, and the wife. And I, I don't know. There's stuff like that that I just I really like it when movies are just a bit pretentious, which this mm-hmm. definitely was. Um, and I also thought that the the cinematography of it was incredible. I really liked the acting. Um, both the the man and the wife did a spectacular job. Uh, so yeah, um, th- I really liked this. I get that. I I liked it, but I don't think I liked it as much as you did. It was That's fair. fine. It I know it's also pretty significant in history i i I know that there are even some i i don't remember what it was i kind of skimmed through this wikipedia page where i know there were some more recent films that took inspiration from this one so Um, i don't know i you might be thinking of seventh heaven that's not this one no no oh wait what oh my god i'm yep seventh heaven la la land uh took the ending from seventh heaven i'm a i'm i'm a i'm a bad Mm. I'm a bad host. That's okay. Anyway. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> you got me. I anyway. got you. Um, um, yeah. No, I thought I thought it was I thought it was good. I just don't think it was special. I yeah, understand. Kind of I think for its time it was very very Yeah, cool. that's everything has to kind of been be seen in its time. It has time, to be framed suppose, as like 1927. Is, yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to like a 1927 movie as much as I'm going to like recent movies, I think. Um, I think there's one sh- exception to this, yeah. For me, yeah, I think we might have the same exception. Yeah, I think it's the last <laughs> one we're going to talk about in a second. But first, yes, I think we have some fun facts. You want to nice. hear some fun facts? Yes. So um, it was made by uh, F. V. Murnau, who's a German director. That's why I said his initials like that because I'm mm-hmm. cool. Um, he was <laughs> one of the leading figures in, in German expressionism, uh, and um, one of the guys at Fox told him hey make an expressionist film in hollywood um which is why they have these enormous stylized set to create like the 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 exaggerated sort of fairy tale like Mm. world um that city street set alone reportedly cost about two hundred thousand dollars to build oh Um, god yes they got their use out of it 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 was reused in many subsequent fox Mm. productions but um yeah uh there's a lot of praise tracking shots in this which yes the tracking Mm -hmm. shots are stunning uh a lot of it th- there's not a lot of titles obviously yeah uh, it's mm-hmm. a very it's very expressionist it's a very s- yeah. signature um signature thing i think in general it's interesting to take notice of the way titles were used because yeah i, I hadn't watched that many silent movies before same. this and the very ones same. that i had watched were kind of in the cinema let's go so yeah. I, I didn't pay attention as much to these kinds of things than when i watch it now yeah, it's just interesting to me when they decide to use the titles because there are more parts that than you'd think where they're like you, the audience can feel it in themselves. Yeah, which is true. You can often just feel in what they're saying yourself. Absolutely, you. And I thought it was interesting. I yeah. thought they would just go with every dis- every dialogue, every dialogue. No, every yeah. sentence of dialogue that was is said will be titled. Yeah titled but it's not like that and it doesn't have to be and i I thought that was cool yeah i thought it was really i was also expecting to have more titles but it it makes a lot if you don't always need you can you can think of the the flow of a conversation you know you don't need yeah i think it's also kind of interesting to think about that in the light of sound movies where it's like huh maybe sometimes you don't need as much dialogue as you think absolutely yeah 
Uh, it's also speaking of the you know s- dialogue and and sound generally. Mm-hmm. This is um this is one of the first feature films that has a synchronized musical score. This this oh. was one of the only movies that actually already had its music before we uh, before it was added later. Sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, a few more fun facts that I have is that Janet Gaynor obviously won the first Academy Award for Best Actress for this movie and Seventh Heaven. Uh, well mm-hmm. deserved. She was the wife, and I think she did a brilliant job. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie was nearly lost. Again. <laughs> Again, yes. Film preservation is important and we should really take care of it. Um, so yeah, this movie was, um, or the, the original 35mm negative was lost in the 1937 Fox Vault fire. Ah, yes. Yes, uh, because early motion picture industry usually uh, had film stock made of nitrocellulose, which is very flammable. And not only is it flammable, it produces its own oxygen supply as it burns. So uh, it could it can burn underwater. It doesn't. It it is it's mm. it's un mm-hmm. unstoppable. So the mm. moment that this building caught fire, woo, woo, yeah, done. Um. Most of the silent films produced by Fox before 1932 were destroyed. Um, Yes. But this one, luckily and surprisingly, had uh, a surviving print somewhere out there that they could use to create a new negative. So the movie was was saved. So, yeah. Very nearly uh, lost this movie forever. But luckily, we have it. We have it. And we can watch Sunrise as much as we want today. Let's go. And then we have one movie left. We have one movie left, which is the grandiose... I don't know if that's the word. Which is the grandiose Wings. Grandiose, yes. Grandiose. I am not dyslexic for sure. Uh Um, Uh (laughs) Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This is a big boy, and it is about... It's okay. It's a it's a longer movie than the other ones. Most of the movies that we've watched were, I would say, generally about one and a half hours. Then there were. Like, there was maybe one that was one hour and maybe Chang one was that only was two hour, hours. I think. And uh, I think... S- no, not Seventh Heaven. One of the earlier ones. One of the earlier ones was also an hour, yeah. Yes. Um, and then, and then uh, something was the crowd hours. was two hours, I think. No, yes. Seventh Heaven no, was no. two hours. Yes, that's it. Seventh Heaven was two hours. Yeah. Um, but this one, Wings, runs for two and a half hours, which yes. is a bit long for a silent movie. Mm-hmm. But I was nonetheless, really looking it up is to this. one of the... Yeah, I was like, oh, two and a half hours of silent movie i i mean i like some of them but it's still a bit of a challenge sometimes to keep paying attention so i was like oh i hope this is gonna work out but it holds up it holds up so well yeah it's It's really really good good. (laughs) (laughs) i'm very glad we agree yes i like it i like yes um it is about yeah quite a lot but i'd say the the main theme is war yes it's a war movie. It's it's fascinating in that it it came right off the wings of the first world war ha, wings, right off the wings of the first world war. But it isn't necessarily an anti-war movie. It's not a pro-war movie, but it's just war general. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Actually, very n- war neutral. Yeah, it just kind of tells a story about um, well, a man. Well, a man. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> it tells a story about Jack, who is a very good-looking man, by the way, and. <laughs> Yeah, listen. Freaking Charles Rogers from the 1920s did it. Hey, for you? he was he was he was called America's boyfriend, wasn't he? I think I read that somewhere. It follows. Now I forgot his name. No, Jack. Okay, 
it is about Jack and he is living his life and he has a next door neighbor called Mary who is in love with him but he doesn't really notice because he is in love with what's her name Susan Sylvia what Sylvia Sylvia same thing he is in love with Sylvia but Sylvia is in love with David can you follow I'm sure you can um but then they have to go to war both Jack and David yeah and Basically, through a misunderstanding, Jack thinks that Sylvia is in love with him, but that's not true. Sylvia is in love with David. And David and Jack don't really like each other, but then they get into this fight, which is like a bloody fight, but then they have fought and all is okay and they are besties now. Yeah, they gain this sort of mutual respect. Yes. And they kind of, you know, let the issue of Sylvia on the side for now. Yeah. They become aviators. Um top gun it's very it's very it's very top gun right it's very top gun uh it's but yeah, it's top gun know. maverick but it's better because it uses a lot of the, the those same plane perspective shots and yeah so, uh, like uh, the story is a is different but it uses a lot of the same yeah yeah ideas, uh, we're gonna get I'd we're say. gonna get more into this because it's more like top gun than you might think but um oh interesting. yes most fascinatingly, uh, just really quickly, is that this this woman's female th- or this movie's female characters have uh, personalities. Crazily <laughs> enough, Mary is a fully really, developed character. We went, we went through this last time. We're, we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Nineteen twenty-seven. Basically, there are some fights. I do think the fights take a little bit long, in my opinion. They're very impressive, but they do they do take some time. Yeah, but the um, visual effects, though. Yeah, that's oh. true. That's true. That's true. Um, I can imagine yeah, if they're... you're if you're watching this in 1927. Yeah, your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, we get the famous shot. I think it's the most famous shot out of the movie where the cafe party. Of... Yeah, there's yes. kind of this tracking shot where the camera goes in between all of these people. Um, one of which is a is a same sex. Same sex couple, couple? yes, couple? yeah, 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 which is really, really what? progressive, absolutely. Yeah. But there's uh, again more fun facts on the progressiveness of this movie. Okay, okay, um, but yeah, that is the summary, I guess, of Wings. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's just a really good movie. It's, it's good really in good getting movie. you invested. I think it has good acting. It has some really impressive shots. I also really like the one where they, I think, they attach the camera to a swing. Because yes, the movement goes with the swing, yep. kind of. It's really cool. It's really cool. I. Out of the eight movies we watched, this is the only one that I would readily recommend to people. Um, yeah. Even if you're not that into, like, you know, silent films, I think this this is one that holds up. Yes. I think you still need to like films because it's still, like, two and a half hours. It's, oh, it's, it's still a two and a half hour sit, silent you movie. You've got to sit down for yeah. this one. But, yes, in general, out of these eight movies, I would recommend this one the most for sure. Yeah, by far. Um even though I usually I'm I'm not big on war movies. If me neither. I will not say not all war movies are bad. I just it's just not a genre that I really like. But no, somehow as a genre, I can just... count the war movies that I like on one hand. Um, hmm. I could use I could use the hand that's missing a finger, and I could still. You count made them this joke last. Episode. I know. I'm trying to get it into every episode. Maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's the fact that this one was as good as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently oh, we did we did watch a slightly longer version of it. The original release was only 111 minutes and the restoration was 144. Uh, oh, so. I see. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I do think 
that it didn't really drag at any point no. except for i know the fights were very impressive and they were but they did take a bit long for me where those were the moments that i kind of um got distracted sometimes and then i had to clock back to see what i had missed <laughs> right that's fair that's fair yeah um i do have some screenshots which one of which is actually or two of those are not funny um i just thought the la uh, the last two that i made were interesting where mm -hmm. it's during david's death right and i thought it was cool because they had the they have like a just the normal font they made smaller for his last words which i just thought was an <gasps> interesting really little cool. added added thing they they put him they said he said all sets because all the That's whole movie thing, they yeah. go all set for you know flying um and they they made it smaller which i thought was really interesting as if it was said in a whisper or something and then the other screenshot i took of that was I just thought it was a really cool shot because they have like this plane that is still running. Mm -hmm. I guess Jack's yes. it's in front yeah. of like the uh, soldier's graveyard, and it slowly stops running to signify that he David has died. And I yes. thought that was really cool symbolism. That was really cool symbolism. Absolutely, yeah. And then three more funny ones. Uh, one is the, like the opening text, but I just thought it was good. It goes: Mary Preston had always lived next door. Once Jack had picked her out of a bonfire, and sometimes he regretted it. <laughs> yes. Which I was good. <laughs> and then we have the part where Jack is very drunk, which let me first say these without context, and then we'll give you the context. Oh, yes. The first one goes, hooray for bubbles. Mm -hmm. And then the second one goes, no war, just bubbles. <laughs> yes. I also like from that selection, um, she wins. There's even bubbles in her eyes. Yes. Okay, so there's all this whole sequence where he is drunk. He is seeing bubbles everywhere, especially if he moves things, like if he moves the booze or he if he moves anything, he sees bubbles come out of it and it's yes. really cool. It's also done very well actually. It's a really cool visual effect. Yeah, the visuals in the yeah. movie are off the charts. Um, but yeah, he just goes on about bubbles and it's it's good. It's very yeah. good. Um speaking of that that scene really quickly fun fact uh in that scene where he becomes drunk that's genuine um the the actor that, yeah. the actor had never tasted liquor before so he got really drunk really quickly Yeah I guess I guess it worked it seemed Yeah genuine It seemed very <laughs> genuine yes Um there's a few things that I really quickly want to bring up in this movie one of them being the titles which i thought were very creative um oh yeah they were great they had like these backgrounds going war on. and victory and stuff like yep. that yes very cool and uh the fact that it had an intermission yeah it did i skipped through that but more it did. I, I, I did as well but more movies should have that these days i think just a built-in intermission i think that's a very good idea because then you can hmm. choose where you cut the movie artistically take five minutes because when theaters do like intermissions nowadays they'll just cut it where they feel like it and that's not always a good spot mm. movies that are like like avengers endgame which is a three-hour movie just build in an intermission fucking hell <laughs> we can learn from these movies we can yes um oh and one more thing that i i it was just really i know it wasn't supposed to be funny but it was that they were like hello this is our tent mate white okay i'm going to go for training now immediately crashes his plane into another plane <laughs> like 
five seconds after yeah, we meet him on screen. It was not screen. supposed to be funny, but if you say it like that, yeah, it was. Like, yeah. Basically, they, they meet this guy for the first time, and you think he's going to be an important character because he's the guy they're going to be living sort with. Of their mentor, yeah. Not immediately fucking dies. He also just dies, like, he's doing a training exercise, crashes his plane into another plane. They go, okay, we're here to collect his things. They pack up his yeah. things and then go, okay, on with the war now. And he's never mentioned again. Yeah. And I was like, okay, good. We could have cut that probably, but cool. ah, it, it did kind of get the feeling across of the war, I suppose. For me, it would have done that if he hadn't died by crashing his plane into another person's plane while training. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. If they'd gone, I'm going to fly a mission and he wouldn't have come back, then sure. Yeah, okay. But yeah. It was a was... bit of a weird one. I agree. It was a silly, um, in my opinion. So, are you ready for the fun facts about this movie? Because fuck me i am ready oh i I think i know one of them i know one of them but go on well um first off um mr mr wellman the director of the movie was hired because he had combat pilot experience as the only director in hollywood who who had said Mm. experience um and um the 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 main actor man mr sorry not the main actor richard arlen who played david was also a war pilot um oh. and Charles Rogers who played uh Jack Jack was trained to fly a plane because green screen was not a thing Th- that was real people in real planes like it's like Top Gun, Gun Maverick <laughs> yes it was real people in real planes with cameras affixed to the front of the plane oh that's um, impressive though because i've kind of wondered how they did that it seemed yeah I don't want to compare the two, but the acting seems so... So much better, yes. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it was crazy. This was absolutely... Uh, all of this was real. Um, yeah. It originally featured the character of Mary Less, but it was rewritten to accommodate um, uh, Clara Bow because she was, at that point, um, Hollywood's it girl. In fact, hmm. I should I should say, now that I'm calling her an it girl, she... She she's the reason that term exists. Oh, really? Yeah, she played a, sh- uh, a shop girl in the film It, um, which brought her the nickname. Oh, she's the It oh, girl. Oh, I see. Um, and that that just became that just came to mean attractive young woman um, who is that like currently the, the 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 thing It girl. I'm glad they made more of a role for her because I thought yes. she, not only did she do a good job, I think her character added a lot. Yep, and also just. You know, great to have another woman in there. Absolutely. One yes. that isn't, you know, stereotype. Yeah. She also uh, is, is one of the people who made the transition to talkies successfully. Um, so oh, she, nice. uh, yeah, she did really good. Um, so, yes, this movie, <clears throat> uh, it was shot on a $2 million budget, which is about 30 and a half million today. Uh, yeah. Hundreds of extras and about 300 pilots were involved in filming it. Um, including 3,500 infantrymen for the final battle. Oh, my Yes, absolutely crazy. Who organized that? (laughs) Uh, Mr. Wellman, the director. He he did all of this himself because he was a bit of a control freak. He also, they brought on a bunch of military officers to supervise, and he he fought them, like, he conflicted with them all the time. This man, yes, did not like these people. Uh, Only two people died. 
Oh, sorry? Only two people died. Only two incidents occurred, despite the number of aircraft in the air. Uh, one of them was the stunt pilot, Dick Grace, who broke his neck falling out of the cockpit. Um, and the other was the fatal crash of an army air service pilot. I think only one person died. I think Dick Grace survived this. but I'm I mean, kind of impressive, sure. still kind of sad. Yes. Should should not. Should not, not it, it should have been zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um. They They got in a bunch of Air Corps people... Uh, six planes and pilots, um, among whom uh, Second Lieutenant Clarence Irvin, who became the director's advisor. And also, when uh, Dick broke his neck, Mr. Irvine just performed the battle scene himself. He was just like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll do it. So that was cool. Huh. Yes. Um, the big explosions at the end on the large battlefield were done mm-hmm. by Wellman himself. He took responsibility for timing those because he didn't want to um, mess that up. However, um, he messed it up. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. At one oh. point, Otto Kahn, who was financing the production, arrived on set right during these explosions, disrupted the timings, and caused several extras to be seriously injured. Um, after which, Wellman loudly and profanely ordered this guy to leave the set. Um, and that evening, Kahn visited Wellman and went, I'm very impressed with your direction. You can have all the money you need to finish the picture. So, huh. good stuff. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, he fought a lot of... He was very angry at the military people. Um, one of the infantry commanders, he apparently uh, said to this infantry commander, you're just a goddamn fool because the government has told me you have to give me all your men and do just exactly what I want you to do. Oh. Yes. Uh, although he paid a lot of attention to all the technical details and getting everything right, he fucked up because he used cars and clothing of the year during filming. He forgot to use World War One. Um, oh, stuff for that but you know that's tragic but we wouldn't know these days I guess. oh yeah no i could i definitely did not tell the difference um more more fun things for mr wellman um paramount expressed concerns with the cost of production so they sent an executive to him to to complain uh, and wellman swiftly told him that he had two options a trip home or a trip to the hospital <laughs> I, I read that one it's yeah <laughs> um and this cast fucks. Um, Sorry, what? <laughs> this cast fucks. According to director Wellman, San Antonio became the Armageddon of a magnificent sexual Donnybrook. They stayed at the St. Anthony Hotel for nine months, and apparently, according to the director, by the time they left, all the elevator girls were pregnant. Uh, he, he stated that Clara Bow openly flirted with all the male cast members and several of the military pilots, which was reciprocated despite having become engaged to Victor Fleming the day oh. after filming started. Um, and Gary Cooper, appearing in a role which helped launch his whole career, began a tumultuous affair with Bow during the production. Um, oh, God. So, yeah. Then again, Bow did hate her wardrobe um, because she thought her wardrobe was not quite uh, sexy enough. So she slit the necklines and cut off the sleeves, um, and the, huh. the costume designer was pissed. But, huh? Yeah, Miss Bow okay. was very, very much um, into the the sex appeal. However, <laughs> she was also upset with her role in it. Um, she it, it was rewritten to uh, accommodate her, obviously, because mm. she was Paramount's biggest star. But she wasn't happy about it. She said, Wings is a man's picture and I'm just the whipped cream on top of the pie. Hmm. Fair enough. I thought she was pretty good in it. Yeah. Uh, especially for she the time. Good. But yeah. yeah. Um, 
So yes, then we get to the progressiveness of this movie, which is uh, obviously the the same sex female couple in the Café de Paris. Um, also, Wings is kiss? one of the first widely released films to show nudity. Oh. Yes, in the enlistment office, nude men are visible from behind. Um, and Miss Bow's breasts are revealed for a second when she's changing. Oh. Yeah, very, very scandalous. And yes, I heard you mention it just now, The Kiss. Mm. Um, Dave, Dave is dying and Jack kisses him on the mouth, which definitely, I think, should be oh, interpreted as a fraternal kiss. It was some friendly bro kissing. Yes, but... it just kissing the bros goodnight, you know? Yeah, yeah. But still impressive. Yeah, still impressive for sure. To be fair, it does have to be said that um, apparently also like people kissing their moms and dads like on the mouth for a bit longer than feels comfortable is uh, just a thing because this yeah, happens no, this is during... True. The first time I noticed it, I took a note of it. And then the second time I was like, oh, never mind. It's just a thing. Yeah, yeah. I was Th- just yeah, like... Yeah, this was just a thing. Oh, uh, this person kisses his mom on the mouth for a very long time. Sweet home Alabama. And then the second time I was like, what, wait, wait, this one too? And okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this is just... Um... Yeah, this is just a thing. But yes, uh, the I think one of the first, if not the first, um, male-male kisses on film. Yeah, I think I read that there are a few other movies that came out earlier that people will say the same thing about same thing about it just uh, i guess it depends a little on how you see it yeah it depends on your on your interpretation of, of the whole yeah. thing um it is progressive nonetheless i'd say yeah well <clears throat> are you ready for the final fun fact of this film yes it was considered a lost film Oh my god, that's yes. crazy. I, is it because of a fire? Uh, this one actually wasn't because of a fire. Oh. Um, it's just that they didn't care to save it. Uh, the, uh, essentially, the Cross and Cockade, which is a World War One Pilots Association, wanted to host a tribute to the movie in 68, but they found that Paramount didn't even have photos of it. Um, they they had nothing. They, there was no surviving materials Ooh. of this of this movie until 1992. Uh, a print was found in the Cinémathèque Française film archive in Paris, and they quickly copied it from nitrate film, you know, that stuff that burns really well, to the safety film stock. Uh, and then it was, again, shown in theatres. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think the, the score for it was also made later. It was restored... Um, they found a spare negative in Paramount's vaults after the the print in the Cinémathèque Française, um, and they fully restored that negative. Um, and they also reorchestrated the original music score that was made for it. So we we watched the restored version. I see. Um, I see. That's also why some of these were not black and white, but more of a sepia because they did a uh, mm. Schiegel color process for it, um, which made the movie look. I think I think it looked a lot better. I really liked the. The, um, CPR, yeah, CPR, yeah. So yeah, this is also why it does the logo montage at the beginning of all of the Paramount logos. Hmm, that makes sense. Yep, <laughs> uh, because it's the 2012, um, 2012 restored version for Blu-ray. That makes sense. Yep. I guess it's time for our next little segment or segment. Just, um, I mean. What do we want to do? Because usually we do honorable mentions, but at least me, myself, I don't know any other movies from this year, so I do not have any. Do you? So there's a few that I, I would like to um, mention really quickly. One of them mm-hmm. is Two Arabian Nights, which is a 
uh, comedy movie that was uh, nominated for Best Director Comedy that I watched because I thought it sounded interesting and it was pretty funny. So, good stuff. Um, Steamboat Willie was released in 1928. Ah, the, yes, that one. You know Steamboat Willie. Do I? It's the Walt Disney cartoon with the. Oh, it's I see. Mickey Mouse. It's the first Mickey Mouse. Um, I see. I see. And it's the first uh, film to c- include a soundtrack completely created in post-production, including sound effects, music, and dialogue. But it was all synchronized, completely synchronized um, sound cartoon, which yeah. is, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely wild. Um, then there is, uh, I think it's called the Singing Fool. Yeah, the I Singing Fool, which is the follow-up to the. Um, to the jazz singer which is the longest talking motion uh picture at that point mm-hmm. and then continuing on that lights of new york was released in 1928 which is the first 100 talkie damn that fast already okay yeah the, it was oh it was real fast uh this was the first movie to not feature any titles whatsoever okay just just talkie so yeah i think we're going on to the winner which we know already. Um, We have the Honorary Awards. Oh, yes. Yes. One of which I know is the jazz singer. One of which indeed is the jazz singer. Uh, An honorary award. One honorary award, which was then called a special award, uh, was conferred to Warner Brothers for producing the jazz singer, the pioneer outstanding talking picture, which has revolutionized the industry, which I don't think is unfair in, in any sense mm-hmm. and then another movie got an honorary award it was one of the uh, remaining seven do you want to hazard a guess i do want to have a guess but i think i already have some hints but i'm not still not sure because i know it can be wings or sunrise yes it also isn't a jazz singer and it also isn't chang because i remember you saying that was nominated nominated for yes something else. for so, unique and artistic so i think you said something at the start about it being nominated for this category because it would not be fair otherwise uh it was nominated for th- for three other categories and mm-hmm. then removed from all of those categories um because they were like it's gonna sweep so instead they just went for mm. a special award okay um it's gonna sweep then i don't think it's the crowd either mm. I think it's either Seventh Heaven or The Circus because Seventh Heaven just seems very famous, but The Circus has Charlie Chaplin. Which um, one do you think? I'm gonna go with The Circus. You would be correct. Yes. Damn. Um, <laughs> yeah. First, the first Academy Honorary Award ever went to Charlie Chaplin, which again is one of those things like like last episode with Walt Disney having the most amount of Oscars is something that. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. I just never would have thought of it. Yeah, but exactly. Same. Yeah, Mr. Chaplin got the um, got the first honorary award um, for acting, writing, directing, and producing The Circus. He was originally um, nominated for Best Director Comedy, Best Actor, and Best Writing Original Story, mm-hmm. but they decided to remove his name from the competitive categories and give him an honorary award. Makes sense, I guess. I mean, it doesn't really make sense, actually. But no, no. But you know, it's Chaplin. I get it. <laughs> um, I saved some fun facts for this because okay. I think the circus is a very fascinating 
movie. Um, in that Mr. Chaplin originally did a whole bunch of short films as his character of the tramp. Uh, and then he started moving. He got some contracts with some big companies and he started doing things and yada yada. Um, and at some point he becomes an independent producer. So he does these sort of... Um, he, he starts making independent movies and he starts by trying to break out of the comedy um, spiel. He mm. starts filming A Woman of Paris, which is a romantic drama. Um, and he wants it to be a, a star-making vehicle for this 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 uh, actress. And it was acclaimed critically for its innovative, subtle approach, but the public was very upset that it was a Charlie Chaplin film without Chaplin. They, they specifically mm. had to... Um, like give out flyers that said Charlie Chaplin is not in this movie before you go and watch it. Oh my god. Yes. Um and it really upset him because he really wanted to do a dramatic film and he was very proud of it, but the people didn't like it that much, so he really quickly withdrew it from circulation. And so for his next movie he returned to comedy. Um and it was called The Gold Rush. This movie is one that I really want to watch, but we will not be watching it for this because it was uh, released in tw- 1925, so before the mm-hmm. Oscars became a thing um and chaplin stated at its release this is the picture that i want to be remembered by he thought that this was the best film he'd ever made mm-hmm. but then he follows it up with the circus and the circus is by many considered to be his second best movie but charlie chaplin obviously has a very difficult relationship with the circus already because yeah. its production is troubled beyond compare and then also the jazz singer releases oh yes and this is what I find very interesting, is that the final scene of the movie, this is something that I, I, this is not a connection I ever would have made, but I read this and I think I fully agree with it. Um, it, it it's sort of an, the it, it sort of recontextualizes the movie as an, a sort of semi-biographical metaphor, where he joins the circus and revolutionizes that, that sort of cheap little uh knockabout comedy among the circus clowns and becomes an enormous star but by the end of the movie the circus is packing up and moving on without him oh yes and he filmed that sequence apparently four days after the jazz singer released um which already lends credence to that theory but Mm -hmm. then when he scored the circus like when he made the music for it that specific scene at the end where the circus moves on and he's left alone behind he scores it with Blue Skies, which is the song that Al Jolson makes famous in The Jazz Singer, oh. except the score in the circus is very slow and sorrowful, like a like a funeral dirge. Oh, shit. That's super interesting. Right? Um, which is incredibly fascinating to me, especially because after this, Mr. Chaplin does not start making talkies. He very specifically mm. says, I, I think, hang on, I want to get this quote exactly right, because I think it's a very interesting quote. Um, he said, I was determined to continue making silent films. I was a pantomimist, and in that medium, I was unique and, without false modesty, a master. Which is true. He was, th- th- mm-hmm. he was the icon of silent films. Yeah, and for sure, still now. Yeah, and The Tramp is is such a, an iconic silent film character that that transition to talkies is terrible. It must be terrifying at that point. Yeah. Um, he was cynical about the new medium, the technical shortcomings. He, he believed that talkies lacked the artistry of silent films, and obviously he was hesitant to change the formula that brought him mm-hmm. success. And he was also sort of scared that giving the Tramp a voice would limit his international appeal. 
Um, mm. So he just rejected this entire craze and started doing a new silent film. Um, we are going to be revisiting Mr. Chaplin two more times in okay. in the course of this entire podcast. Uh, so this has been sort of the start of a, a little trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's a very fascinating uh, road that we're going to take. And the two movies that we're going to be seeing him for are also a, a very, very interesting continuation of this. Um, okay, um, um, can't wait. Yeah, so I, I, I wanted to, uh, to quickly um, mention that because I thought it was a very interesting thing, seeing the mm. circus as this this sort of uh, metaphor, this autobiographical yeah. metaphor of... Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Then now, I guess we move on to the winners. We move on to the winners. I think we've already mentioned them. Unless you've cut it out, then we move on to the winners. Yes. <laughs> um. Our winners. Well, let's start with Best Unique and Artistic Picture. Our nominees are The Crowd, Chang, and, of course, our winner, Sunrise. Um, yeah, yeah understandable win i think for best unique and artistic picture i do we want to do we do we want to make a top five or do we just want to go into what we think should have won do we do we want to do a top top three per per category yeah, let's do that yeah let's do okay. that then I... so go ahead can you repeat behind besides <laughs> sunrise which one? uh sunrise chang and the crowd okay yeah so and remember we're we're looking for best unique and artistic picture so we're yes. lo- this is the 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 art house stuff the 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 artsy fancy yes. stuff um i think we can agree that chang is third place yes it definitely yeah. was unique but that does not make it good that no, does not yes. make it oscar worthy <laughs> yeah it was unique but that does not make it good is the perfect description yeah for me i think sunrise takes number two. Oh god that's a hard one i the crowd and the sun sun the crowd and the sunrise no. yes the crowd and sunrise for me were both at this level where I enjoyed it, but I don't think it was uh, super special. I think mm. sunrise would also be two for me, just because the crowd, I like the questions that it raises, or the questions, the the themes, the th- themes and the food for thought. Yeah, I agree. I I thought I really liked the crowd. Um, I yeah. thought sunrise was really good, but again, what you said that the really quick romance and the sort of a bit you know frustrating there whereas in the crowd it was very clear that the, their very mm-hmm. fast romance was set up to for them to fail oh yeah it's like even his the main character's friend at the beginning says yeah i give them a year or two yeah <laughs> and exactly his girlfriend looks at him like what what did, why that's and so then, mean yeah. but yeah no she's right he's it's right true. yes um and then for the other one for outstanding picture our nominees are seventh heaven the racket and of course our winner wings um I wonder which one we think should win. I I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, Is it no, the one that we talked right, about for half an hour? Yeah, Wings yeah. rightfully won. Yeah, um, definitely. And then after that, I think should be Seventh of Heaven. Yes, and then the racket and at the third bottom. would be the racket because it was just yeah. hard to follow. But again, I think in its time, it might have been a different judgment on that one. Yep, I, I so. fully agree. Um, so without the circus and the jazz singer, do you want to do a top six? for for um nominees here uh yeah let me just quickly make a note then because i'm not gonna remember halfway through which i put on six if i that's uh... fair yeah well i think you'll remember what you've put on six yeah that's true i can hazard a guess 
A few minutes later. Uh, okay, number three and four are very interchangeable for me, but let's let's give it a little go. I think our number six is uh, the same. Yeah, it's Chang, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Do Chang. Do not watch. I'm so Do sorry. Not, yeah. Sorry, Chang. Yeah. Um, and then number five may be the same as well. I think it's the, um, the racket. Yes. It's yes, the racket. it's the racket. Yeah. I. Again, I understand the appeal of it. Just not my thing. Yeah. I, I, I like the genre yeah. a lot, but it's just the execution for me. Didn't do it, yeah. No. Um, and then, again, Firth and Four for me are very interchangeable, um, which would be Seventh Heaven and Sunrise. So for, I Fourth sunrise is Seventh Heaven? Or <laughs> What? Is Seventh Heaven Fourth? No, that would be Third then, and Sunrise Fourth. Right, but for me yeah, for me, they are switched right around, where Seventh mm. Heaven is Fourth. Because I think Sunrise had the stronger overall i think seventh heaven was a bit too long for its own good and it was lost, i just yeah lost itself right, a bit actually, in the second seventh, half yeah i think i might change them around as well especially because seventh heaven the ending was just sucky yeah. and i think for sunrise the ending was fine i found sunrise to be more cohesive yeah oh yeah. okay i'll put sunrise and free as well um Damn, i just look you at know me. We have the same list then i think because yes because the crowd is number two two is the crowd and number and one is wings, wings. Number one. wow Let's Look go. at us. Look at us. We never we we usually agree We usually agree on the number 1 and the number like the bottom. Yeah. But, but the, everything in between is very flurry fl- fluent. Yeah, so them. Sick. We did it. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, then I guess we're we're at the end of yeah. this episode. All right. Well, um thank you so much to anyone who has been listening. Yes. Thank and you very kindly. It has been great it has been uh, as always we'd like to thank our wives and the academy obviously and um we're gonna see you at the second, the second academy, academy awards. awards yes we'll see you next year in 1930 goodbye goodbye thank you for listening to episode one of i'd like to thank my wife new episodes are out every last day of the month If you're looking for something to watch this month, E recommends Love Life, a touching movie about mourning and life. I recommend Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, a movie about Dungeons & Dragons, and it's just a whole lot of fun. I watched this movie five times, two of which were in the same day, so do it that way you will. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our show, and we'll see you next month.